0: This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah <laughs> rrahman rrahim. Alhamdulillahi hamd kathirum wa tajdiban mubarakin fee. Wa ashad wan la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharikalah wa ashadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu sallawatu <laughs> allahi wa salamuhu 'alayhi tasliman katira amma ba'd kam the next hadith number 16 i believe it is al-iskhadatic hadith number 16 and it is a hadith as in Sal bukhari muslim from the jawami al-kalim of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and that's a word you should know jawami al-kalim Jawami' al Kalim is the ability that he had to say a few words, but the statement that he made had far reaching meanings and implications. This hadith today is like that. Abdullah ibn Umar, may Allah be pleased with both of them, said that he heard the Prophet say, man nas kal ibn al Mia, la takad an tajida fiha rahiratin. He said that the people are like 100 camels. You can barely find one camel suitable to ride from amongst them. This hadith of the Prophet wasallam, the Sheikh brought it now in his book about the da'wah and the du'at. And this hadith is connected to what was mentioned last week. But as I said, it's from the Jawami' al-Kalim. Rasulullah can say something sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that thing can be it can be understood multiple ways because it's filled with wisdom so pay attention this hadith is Bukhari a Muslim and it's an important lesson for everybody to know he said that mankind, the human beings in this masjid, other than this masjid they are like 100 camels you can barely find one who is suitable to ride there are two ways to understand this hadith According to the Ulama of al-Islam We want to say to our young brothers, the millennials, brothers and sisters Don't be some mujtahid on your own Going into the Quran and going to the sunnah Coming up with your own interpretation It's not the way to do it We all have to turn our attention to what the scholars said The competent ones said And when I say scholars, I'm not talking about that Jesus Christ mentality that some Serafi people are upon Some Muslims are upon the sheikh, the sheikh, the sheikh, and we go overboard with this sheikh business. And right now, we are lost in the sauce because we go overboard. This is a problem with the Muslims. We go overboard with the Imams of the Madhhabs. We go overboard with Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We go overboard with our teachers. We go overboard with these ulama. I'm opposed to that stuff. We don't make blind following to anybody other than the Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we have to be in the middle. You're not a mujtahid. Don't go into the Arabic language and just come up with your own meaning. I've seen people like that. And also don't be one of those people who is clear what your sheikh said. What the sheikh said is wrong. The sheikh is an oppressor. The sheikh is a bully. The sheikh is not acting right. So because we love him and all of that, it doesn't change the fact that he's bullying people. You don't want to call it, other people call and they see it. So don't try to act to people like, your sheikh ain't a bully, it's a straight up bully. And we don't like bullies. So as it relates to this hadith, what did the scholars say? The scholars of Islam said the meaning of this hadith, the first meaning is, this is one of the proofs of Islam if you want to show and prove the equality between people. And when I say equality, that's for lack of a better term, because we are not equal. We're equal, but we're not equal. Allah said in the Quran, Are they equal, those who know and those who don't know? You, little man, are those who know equal to those who don't know? No. So, what equality? The ulama are not like the people who are ignorant. Your mother and your father, are they equal to everybody else? No, they're not equal. So, what we mean by equality is no one's blood is more important than anyone. That's what we mean by equality. This hadith goes to show it's a delil if you want to prove the equality between people, their blood in Islam, this is a delil. The people are like 100 so, uh, horses, you, you 100 camels. You can barely find one suitable to ride. So it means from 100 camels there's not one camel that a man can ride who's an odd camel, they're all the same. All of them are unrideable. So they're all equal. So mankind are like one hundred camels that you can't find one suitable to ride, meaning they're equal. To further elaborate very quickly, Allah said in the Quran or the Prophet says of Allah, there's no virtue of the Arab over the non-Arab. There's no virtue of the non Arab over the Arab. Well, Arab's blood is more important than our blood. Even clearer than that. Authentic hadith, the Prophet says, Sallallahu wasallam al The believers, their blood is equal. All of them are equal when it comes to offering protection for somebody. So if you can imagine, this is our community. And there's a non-Muslim who wants protection from our community against some other non-Muslims. One example, the one who has the least amount of money here, as long as he's mature, and he's from our group, our tribe, that guy who needs protection is his friend. So this brother says, I'm offering him my protection. The rest of us, all of us, have to honour that with that brother. And no one can say, I'm the Imam, I'm the teacher, I got more money, I'm older than him. Nobody can say that. All of us have to take care of that protection that he gave to this man. So that happened with a lady by the Kunya of Umhani, when the Prophet conquered Mecca Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Umhani gave her protection to one of the people of Quraysh who was a problem in Jahiliyyah? So when the companions saw him, they said, we're going to get you, we're going to kill you. He said, I gave Umhani, gave my protection. He said, we don't care what this woman did. This woman don't have no rights. We don't care what she did. Umhani told the prophet what happened. Prophet Muhammad said, nobody touch her. As long as Umhani gave him protection, then her blood is equal to everybody else. So if you can imagine, to bring the lesson home clearer, listen to this. We're on a boat, and the boat develops a hole, and the boat is sinking, and we're on that boat. La this is an example. We're on that boat. Now we start saying, you know, in order to save the lives, we have to lighten the load on the boat. So we start throwing cargo over everything to lighten up the load, but the boat is still sinking, and we're on that boat. We have to figure out who's going to get thrown over the boat. So someone says... Let's throw the old people over the boat. They live their life. They're finished with their life. Let's throw them over the boat because everybody else has their whole life to live. Say, so can't throw those older people over the boat. Someone else said, let's throw the babies over the boat because when they drown, they're going to go straight to Jenna. Let's throw those babies over. You say, nah, we can't throw those babies over the boat. Let's throw all the Asians over the boat. Can't throw the Asians. Let's throw the ones with glasses over the boat. Can't throw the ones with glasses over the boat. Let's throw the women over. That's the point. We all are going to live together or we're all going to perish together because no one's blood is more important than the next man's blood. That's the meaning of this hadith. Allah said in the Quran, "Inna Kramakum indallahi اللَّهِ The one who has the most taqwa, the best is not one who's Arabic, it's the one who has the most taqwa. So that's the first way to understand this hadith. It's a delil about the equality of people's blood they're like 100 camels. There's no odd camel amongst them. 99 camels, and one is good to ride and the other 99. No, they're all the same. They're all equal. That's not the meaning that a Sheikh Ali Al-Halabi wanted by bringing this hadith. He brought this hadith for the other meaning of the hadith. The other meaning of the hadith is more apparent. And that is, mankind is like 100 camels, like a dozen eggs, 100 camels. A thousand words, you know, 100 camels. You will be hard-pressed to find one camel from amongst that big number. You'll be hard-pressed to find one camel suitable to ride. Those camels are going to be like the human beings. They have blemishes, problems. His leg is broke. He doesn't want you on his back. That one is crazy. That one is pregnant, camel. That one over there has rabies, and that camel over there, this is it. That's how human beings are. The lack of competence in human beings and the inability to take care of the job is prevalent amongst them. Which means, when it comes to Dawa, Dawa, this is about the Dawa and the duaat. that the people who are giving Dawa right now for our Ummah, most of them are not qualified and not competent. Prophet Muhammad says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al-qudah thalatha. Judging is of three types, three judges. Two of them are in the hellfire and one is in the jannah. So two-thirds, the majority, are in the hellfire. Giving dawah, teaching, the judge. There are three types. One, who doesn't know the haqq. So he judges based upon ignorance. He's in the hellfire. Two, the one who knows the haq, the judge. He knows the truth, but he judges it in, in, in contradiction to it, in the hellfire. The third one is the one who knows the truth, and he judges by it. So the majority of judges in the world, in Islam, in the non-Muslim, two-thirds are in trouble, giving da'wahs like that as well. Right now, people are like 100 camels. The people are giving dawah. From those 100 people, it's very hard to find one who knows what he's doing. So you're going to find the one who's talking, and he's talking about that which is not wrong, uh, that which is not correct. Or he's talking about something that's correct, but it's the wrong time, or to the wrong people, or it's in the wrong way. Or he's just talking out of the side of his neck. And I've seen people like that, when you sit and you listen to their dawah, you hear them, you have to, and you have no hesitation to pull them to the side and say, stop giving dawah. That is not dawah, what, you just, what you're doing. What you're doing is just kind fatic. Of you're not teaching anybody anything. You're listening to yourself speak, because you're not teaching people anything about this deen. So as it relates to this issue, you remember last week, the Hadith was about the appearance of defects. And it was about how the Prophet said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that The amana will be lost If the trust is lost Wait for the hours, close How will the amanah be be lost? People will be put in the wrong position That's what he said People will be put in the wrong position The person who's supposed to be taking care of the situation He's not the one who has the job I just want to say to anybody who's giving dawah out there, you know, those unama of the past, they were very brutally honest about how they used to struggle with their niyyah. Al-Imam Sufiya Nathori, one of the greatest scholars in Al-Islam, used to say, there was nothing I struggled more with it than my niyat being sincere to Allah. People come to see you, people come to listen to you. How many hits do you get? Do you get more hits than this person? And this is how it is today. But we have to be a group of people who struggle and strive to make your near for Allah. The Dawah is a big challenge and that there are people involved in the Dawah and all they want is power. And that's why they say, don't go to Green Lane, don't go to Green Lane, don't go to Green Lane. Why? Why Why not go to Green Lane? Because we want all your money. We want all your money. Green Lane is from the Khwan Muslimin. You're lying. You're just making stuff up. You're lying on people to the degree you're lying to get money. Don't go here, don't go there. Listen to this, Ikhwani. Some of you may be giving dawah on the download, on the internet. You're giving Dawa, nothing wrong with that. You just stay in your lane and stay within your abilities. But listen, when you're giving Dawa, searching for power, searching for money, that stuff will destroy you. You know how the prophet just gave an example about the issue of the human being is like 100 camels, that's a method, that's a tashbih. He give it, he's teaching by example, giving an illustration for the Arabs to understand in their minds. They know what 100 camels are to them, 100 camels. You can barely find one to ride. So they understand the lesson, that human beings, I need money, I need money today. If I don't come up with my rent money, today is the first of Muharram. Today is the first day of Muharram 1,446 40 what? 45 If I don't get that rent money By the fourth In a new few days They're kicking me out I go to him He doesn't doesn't have it I go to him He doesn't have it I go to him Him, 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 him No one can give it to me And I know someone from the audience They had that money But he can't give it to me Because he has his own issues Somebody wants to give it But I came at a bad time for him So the thing that I'm looking for, I can't get it from the people. That's the meaning of this hadith. You want someone to walk with you, to help carry your load, to assist you? You're not going to find them. You won't find them. And if you do find them, they make shukr to Allah So the Prophet gave a tashbih as it relates to that issue. Gave a similar tool, an example, in order to educate and teach the people The importance of being aware of the reality of what's going on. So therefore you have to take your time. You want to loan someone money, take your time. Your money may not come back to you because people like a hundred camels. You're not going to get someone competent and qualified to bring your money back. You want to go to Hajj, okay? Don't go with the first organization that's offering you Hajj. You better do some field work and find out which organizations are being spoken about well and so forth and so on. Because out of all of the Hajj projects and programs, most of them are a problem. You're going to have a problem. You want to buy a car? You want to buy a car from a car dealer? Don't just walk up into any lot and buy a car dealer. Because the people are like 100 camels. You will barely be able to find one suitable to ride. You want a friend? The people are like that. Have your associates. As for the Khalil, the one you're going to tell him your stories and your secrets, your bosom buddy, people are like 100 camels. Be careful, they are like 100 camels. So that's the meaning of this hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he gave another similar tool that I want to advise you, young brothers. He says Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, "Ma'aban jai'an ursila fi ghanam بِأَفْسَدَ لَهَا مِنْ هِرْسِ عَلَى الْمَالِ وَالشَّرَفْ He said, when it comes to your religion, if anybody from amongst you wants to accumulate money, make a lot of money, and if anybody amongst you, you want to have honor amongst the people, you want to be respected, he said, if you do, if you try to do in this religion where you try to, you know, you... um You try to, um, you know, make a come up. People know you and you become well-known. If you do that by trying to get money and trying to be popular, the prophet said, that is more damaging upon you and your religion than if you were to send two ravenous hungry wolves. If you let loose two hungry wolves and they went into a corral where there were a bunch of sheep, white sheep, brown sheep, and they were defenseless, and those two wolves were hungry. The damage that the two wolves are going to do to those animals is going to be amazing. When that wolves, those two wolves, when they finish with those sheep, you are going to look and it's going to be carnage all over the place. Animal over here is his neck is eaten, part of his neck, his leg is missing, part of his intestines is out, blood all over the place, the baby is dead, the mother is dead, just you look, carnage. Rasulullah said that's what will happen to a person's religion More damage will be done to his religion If he's in the religion trying to make a come up He's trying to make a come up Become popular So make your niyyah for Allah Azarajal. Don't make your niyyah for the people to point to you And don't make your niyyah for the people to say Look what he said, look what he did That's the same for the imam as well You may be an imam someone somewhere. Try your best to make yourself a person who's mukhlis to Allah. And this way, when you give dawah, you'll be able to say whatever you want to say and not worry about what people have to say to you. But if you're one of those people, if you're doing things to please people and stuff, you're not going to say the truth. One of those three judges, he knows the truth, but he won't judge by it. He knows the truth but he won't mention it. In this fiasco that we have where people are expelling, people giving Dawah off of the Sunnah for years, you ask the people in the audience, why do you say that about him? He doesn't know. The only reason why he took that position is he's scared of other people. He wants to hold his position. He wants the people to continue to see him as being on it, but he doesn't have the nerve and the audacity to say, you know what, I don't understand this. Why are we saying this about that brother? Yeah, he's, a, he's an innovator because he went to Green Lane. So, what that makes him an innovator? Yeah, ikhwan muslimin man. Don't be quiet on that stuff. You have to ask these people, where well, you get this stuff from? Because you're oppressing people. So, don't be one of those people who, you know the truth, but you're quiet about the truth because you want to be on it. You want to be accepted. So, that's the first hadith that the imam brought. The people are like 100 camels. This hadith, not only does it point to the fact that competency would be an issue that people will struggle with during our time, but it also goes to show how al-Islam doesn't put a lot of importance on the majority. It's one of those mini-proofs, like the Qur'an said. Allah Ta'ala said, وَلَاكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ But most of the people, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know who Allah is. Most of the people don't know the truth. Most of the people don't know how to be upright. Most of the people don't know their religion. Most of the people don't know the rights of other people. Most of the people don't, don't, don't. That's the ayah. The majority. وَلَاكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ and there are many ayat like that. Allah Taala said in the Quran, nasi Even if you wanted, ya Muhammad, and you were doing everything possible to make people believe us, most of them will not believe. If you would to follow the majority of people on the earth, you're gonna go astray. So many ayat are like that. This hadith is like that. The people are like. 100 camels, that's a lot. You can barely find one out of that 100. 1% is hard to find one who's suitable to ride. Ikhwani, Ikhwani, Ikhwani. This COVID that we're dealing with, COVID is an issue dealing with medicine, you know, the medical, the medical profession, doctors, people know what they're doing, scientists, Abu Osama. I don't know anything about biology. I don't know anything about chemistry. I didn't finish high school. I dropped out of school when I was 13 years old. Doesn't mean I'm dumb, and doesn't mean I don't know about certain things, but I start speaking as an authority about vaccines. Come on, man, out of 100 people, 99 are not gonna know what they're talking about. And the one who knows what he's talking about is more than likely someone who's been trained. But you expect me to sit here and listen to any and every Amr, Bakr and Zaid from this audience, and we're talking about corona, it's not really real, and one of our students died from it a week ago, two weeks ago. It's not real. And don't get the vaccine because if you get the vaccine, you're gonna get stuck to the metal pole and you won't be able to move. No. This hadith helps us to understand don't give your ears to every Amr, Bakr and Zaid. Because the people are like 100 ele- elephants, I was about to say. They're like 100 camels. 100. You can barely find one suitable to ride. Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, after ayat, فَضُلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ الشَّيْطَانَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا If it wasn't for the rahmah of Allah upon you people and his fadl on you, Most of you would have followed Shaytan except a few people, just a few people. So this hadith, as it relates to the dawah, listen to me very carefully, Ikhwani. Some of the people are giving dawah, they get a million hits and things like that. It is a fact that some of what they're saying is inspirational and informative. And I'm not a hater to say to you, I close off the way from you learning from people. No. As long as a person is on the Sunnah and he's calling to the truth, you listen to him. But don't be a fanboy and don't be one of them people who say a million hits is a proof that the truth is with him. Don't be one of them people. Don't be one of those people. And I'm not going to say as well, because he has a million hits, he's no good neither. That's not fair. He has a million hits. Uh, possibly because he has a way that Allah has blessed him to touch the hearts and the minds of the community. But we have to have the ability to be able to weigh what people are saying. That's the point. It's not how many. It's the quality of what's being said. So this hadith is connected to last week. So last week was talking about the appearance of defects. What's the appearance of defects? The amana will be gone. I'm supposed to take care of this, to give it back to you, I lose it. That's the appearance of the defect, Prophet Muhammad said. Today's hadith and chapter is called, you know, dealing with the defects. One of the defects that we got to deal with is, a lot of the people giving dawah, it's a problem. You have to take your time, all of you, everybody here, you have to take your time. And you know, when it comes to this uh, social media, YouTube, you'll see someone give a lecture and then the comments. is only positive things because he's a fanboy. He's like the guy. But if you listen to the lecture, if you listen, you listen with your background information, you listen to the lecture, you're going to say every hadith that he used was weak. And he was calling and inviting people to shirk. And I also heard racism and what he was saying. That's what you picked up with your filters and what you know. But the fan, he can't see any of that. You know, every father is impressed with his own child. And every father thinks his kid is the best. So if a person likes someone, he could do no wrong. No. Leave those comments. You listen to what people are saying and judge them based what they're saying on the dean. And information as either correct or incorrect. So now, the next hadith is talking about how to deal with the defects. Hadith number 17. How to deal with the defects. So the defect is coming. The sheikh brought, rahmatullahi alayhi, the proof about losing the amana, The dawah is an amanah. إِنَّا الْأَمَانَةَ عَلَى وَالْأَرْضِ وَالْجِبَالِ مِنْهَا وَحَمَرَهَا الْإِنسَانِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ So, the amana that Allah introduced and offered is the amana of the sharia, the heavens and the earth and the mountains. Allah said, do you want to be responsible for the deen? You want to take that responsibility? heavens and the earth and the mountain they shrieked from that responsibility. as, for, as fuck them and, and they were afraid they said we're not taking that responsibility Allah said mankind took responsible responsibility for it and he is extremely ignorant and oppressive he shouldn't have never done it because here he is lo and behold he has responsibility for the amanah look at the amanah look at the amanah this misjid in salah we expect the Imam Hafidhahullah to have had wudu. We don't know. But that's a amana that he should have the wudu. I'm in the row and you're in the row. I expect that the two people who are between me, that either side of me, they have their wudu. Because if I don't have my wudu, or one of them don't have the wudu, then we're responsible for creating shaitan, a space in the line. The Muadhan gave the adhan today. He has to have the amana. That's why the mu'adzin al-Islam, some of the ulama, the majority they said, that the mu'adzin gets more rewards than the iman. More reward than the iman. So the mu'adzin, who is he? Is he gonna be Michael Jackson if Michael Jackson became a Muslim? Is Michael Jackson gonna be the mu'adzin of the Muslims if he became a Muslim? What do you think? Who said that go get the whip in here man go get the whip if Michael Jackson was a Muslim became a Muslim you can make Toba from whatever you did a Toba wipes away whatever you did before it but if a person became a Muslim as it relates to the Imam as it relates to the Mu'azzin we're going to put somebody up there who has diana. he's a, an example he's going to be a person that the community, they hold in high regard and they respect them because the coming in of the prayer is important. It has to be a It's just not getting up there saying, Allah. Akbar, you have to learn what you're doing, how to move, what to say, how to say, and, so, and plus, you got to know what you're doing. And that goes to show that a person who has special needs, a so-called handicapped people, the fact that a person has special needs doesn't mean that he's not trustworthy, the Prophet had, a, had the wasallam Ibn Umm Maktoum, he couldn't see, he couldn't see when the sun came up, or when the sun couldn't come up, but the people had to be telling him, it's time for the adhan now, what if he had a group of friends who were practical jokers, the sun is not up and he said, come on, come on, do the adhan now, the companions didn't play with the religion like that, that man is a mean and no one around him is going to play a joke like that with the religion, all right, right now, in the masjid, amana. You go into the toilet, there's a mobile phone, there's a leather jacket. It's not yours. So bring it to the office and leave it. Prophet Muhammad said, hadith last week, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if the amana is lost, then wait for the hour. The amana is lost. If people steal from the masjid, they try to rob this masjid. They came in here after closing hours with a crowbar, try to bust open the thing. They bust open the window, try to go into safes. Our kids take from the masjid, the amana. I'm not saying this masjid, but there may be some masjid when they collect money on Friday. They're supposed to count that money up and be transparent and let us know where that money is going and how much. There's some masjids don't do that, not at all. Not at all. And people talk about the, the sunnah. For an example, you're still in the money, no accountability for the money. You're not moving the community forward with being professional and business-like in issues like this. No amana. So the amana in this masjid, don't, not to mention your house, not to mention your neighbor, not to mention, you know, we got all kind of amanas all over the place. So this hadith shows Ikhwani the majority is not always put down, but most of the time is put down. Now, how do we rectify the, um, the, 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 the defects? The shaykh brought the next hadith. And that's the hadith in which the Prophet says, of who's the rawi of the hadith? Tamim ad who was a tremendous companion, who actually saw the Dabba, he saw the Daba with his own eyes. And some people say he saw the Dajjal, Allahu A'lam, but he saw the dabba, and he came back and told the Prophet that he got shipwrecked. And he saw this Daba, one of the ten major signs from al Qiyamah. Tremendous companion. He said in the famous hadith that we all know, may Allah be pleased with him that the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Wasallam, nasiha. Adina Nasiha, Adinu Nasiha. Kunna Lima Yarasula Kalillahi Wali Kitabihi Wali Rasurihi Wali Aimatil Musti meen wa Matihim. Our religion is given advice and he mentioned it three times. Aisha said when the Prophet used to speak, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he would mention things and talk very slowly and mention them three times for emphasis. She used to she used to criticize the people who came after the companions because some of them started speaking very quickly and eating up their words. Like in America, African Americans, we have our own language, Ebonics, they call it. We eat up the words. So instead of saying um, "I'm going to the store," I say, or you know, "I'm a go." That's all. "I'm a go." So I put that together. I think Miripuris can appreciate what I'm saying. Because in the Mirpuri language, it's kind of like the same way. It's not Urdu. You put that stuff together. So the people started talking like that after the Nabi. Aisha, sallallahu alayhi Wasallam, got on those people and said, Prophet Muhammad didn't talk like this. He used to talk in a calm easy way, so people can understand and when he wanted to make emphasis, he would repeat things three times, so if the companions heard it multiple times, they know it was important like what he said the Utitu, when he told Abu Sa'id Al-Mu'alla should I not teach you the greatest soul of the Qur'an before I leave the message he said, yes, Rasulullah, Rasulullah got busy then he got ready to leave Abu Sa'id al-Mu'alla said, Ya Rasulullah, you say, you're going to teach me the greatest surah. He said, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Hiyya quran al Wa al al-Muthani al tuha. the seven oft-repeated verses. It's the Qur'an and Surah al-Fatiha. We repeat it all the time. Why? Because it's the, you know, the, the, the mother of the Qur'an. So it's repeated over and you read it every day, all the time, for every prayer, every prayer, because it's so important. Why is, why are we dealing with al-Fatiha all the time? Wajit prayer, Sunnah prayer, Istikhara, juma'i, janazah. Janaza, you don't make rukur, you don't make sajda, but you're gonna read surah al-Fatiha. Why are you gonna read that surah? Because that surah is the greatest surah of the Quran. And you're going to memorize, you're going to keep saying it. So if the thing is important, Rasulullah used to repeat it. Now listen, for the meaning of this hadith, listen, the deen is giving good advice, nasiha. She said to who? He said, good advice to Allah and his messenger. Does that mean that it's permissible for a Muslim to give advice to Allah and said to Allah, Ya Allah, I want to advise you that tomorrow you should make it a nice day, weather-wise... Is that what it means to advise Allah like that? Ya Allah, I advise you, please guide this one and guide that one to Islam. I'm advising you. That's not the meaning of that. No one can give nasiha to Allah like that. But it goes back to show the importance of the language. Giving good advice. The word nasiha comes from the word noon, sod, and ha. Nasaha. Nasiha comes from that. And that word means to be pure and to be unblemished. To be unblemished. Like honey. This is honey. They, they, they say this is pure honey. So nasiha to Allah means being sincere to Allah. Having ikhlas to Allah. Worshiping Allah without making shirk. Making Allah greater than your shirk. Making Allah the one who you want to please, not your group. I heard a brother who was put over some of the brothers in America by a sheikh from another country, and he put this brother over and said that this brother who he put over my people, the sheikh said this person was the most senior, said if he, and the most knowledgeable And that's not true. That brother is not senior and not the most knowledgeable. Allah knows best who's the most knowledgeable, but where did the sheikh get that from? Where did he get that from? Where did he get that from? So as it relates to this issue, brother, this is amazing. Listen, ikhlas to Allah, don't be there to fear the sheikh. Brother, Talking about, I'm going to tell the sheikh on you if you keep doing that. And the brother said, oh, don't tell the sheikh Don't call the sheikh What are you worrying about that stuff for? You're a grown man. You're going to let this man sit there and, and make you guys terrorize? I'm going to call the sheikh on you. Where's the sheikh, Don Corleone, going to come and get you. What are you talking about? As it relates to nasihatullah to Allah, is being sincere to Allah. Don't make sheikh with Allah. Slaughter only for Allah. Only be afraid of Allah. Only make dua to Allah, Tawakkal an Allah only. That's what the meaning of that is. That's nasiha to Allah. This deen, the whole deen is advice. And that goes to show the importance of nasiha. Number one, he made the whole deen nasiha. He said, a deen un nasiha. a deen an nasiha. The whole religion is advice. Shows the importance of nasiha. Also, from what shows the importance of nasiha is, is the work and the actions of the prophets and the messengers. In Surah Al A'raf, Allah mentioned all of those prophets and they basically said the same thing. Ubeligukum risalat rabbi, risalat rabbi wa lakum min ma'na said it, Shu'ayb said it, Salih said it. Allah mentioned their stories one after another. The first one said, I'm going to relay the message of my Lord and I will advise you. And I'm a sincere advisor. And I know about Allah what you don't know. And then the next one came. He said, same thing. I'm going to explain to you the risalat of my Lord. And I'm an advisor, sincere advisor to you. So it's from the job of the prophets and the messengers. Also, from the importance of it is, we all have a responsibility to do it. There's no one who's exempt. Kuntum Khayru ummatin ukhrijat Linas. You are the best group of people brought forth for mankind. You have to make al-amr maruf and al-nahwa and al-munkar. You have to give nasiha to Muslims and non-Muslims as well. You see people doing wrong, you have to try to stop them. You see people not doing the right thing, you have to encourage them. That's our job. So it's important. Jabir ibn Abdillah, one of the young companions, said, when I accepted Islam, Rasulullah gave me the bayah and said, I'm going to give you the bayah. You became a Muslim, I'm going to give you a bayah. That, you should give advice to every Muslim when you see him. And never be afraid. You see something from someone, he's doing something, and you know it's not right. But what we do is, I don't want any trouble, I'm just going to let this guy, I'm going to let it go. Pick my, pick my, pick my fights. Can't be into every battle. But the Prophet gave him the the bayah. Anytime he saw something, he would say, Hey, you're sitting like that. Hey, you said this. Hey, this is like that. Hey, and he was serious about that. So if it wasn't important, Rasulullah wouldn't made an issue to take the bayah from people based upon it. So it's important. The whole religion is advice. Advice to Allah, sincerity. As it relates to the meaning of sincerity, and we know that, nasiha means sincerity, Allah mentioned in the Quran, لَيْسَ عَلَى وَلَا عَلَى المرضى. When it comes to jihad, when the Muslims go out to fight, some can't go. Some people are weak and sick. Some of the people, they don't have the money. They don't have a camel to go. They don't have any weapons, so they can't go. Other people have something to do. You had to take care of his auntie, his mother, whatever. Allah revealed this ayah exonerating those people who couldn't go out to fight. He said, there is no blame on those who are weak Or those who are sick Or those who don't have the financial means To spend, no blame on them As long as they As long as they had They were sincere to Allah and His Messenger The reason that stopped them from going Was not being afraid The reason that stopped them from going Was not they didn't want to die The only reason they didn't go The man was sick, the man was old The man didn't have a camel to ride that far distance But they love Allah and His Messenger So that is how we know nasiha means advice It means sincerity, because Allah mentioned it As long as they have nasiha to Allah and His Messenger Ikhlas As for what the Prophet said He said, having nasihat to Allah, I told you what that is Having to see her to the book of Allah, having a class, learning it, reading it, Tajweed, memorizing, respecting the one who memorized it, making your children able and capable to read it. So the man has some money, doesn't have a lot of money. She doesn't have a lot of money, has some money. The mother is going to use what little money she gets from the government. What little money is hers. She's going to take some of that money And let her kid learn the Quran On Zoom From some sheikh in Egypt Or Nigeria somewhere That's nasiha To the book of Allah The commitment that the mother has To do what she can To help the child to learn the Quran We have people here Who themselves Are falling short of Working with the Quran Reading it, memorizing it, dealing with it Nasihah to the book of Allah Nasihah to the book of Allah is The book of Allah is the delil over us Not the sheikh and what the sheikh said Not the madhhab. What the madhhab said The book of Allah is the delil and the hujjah. That's nasihah to the book of Allah There's some people Who if you tell them astahlifuka billah Say wallahi He'll say wallahi and he'll lie But he'll say when nabi, I swear by the nabi And he won't lie Nasihah to Allah is don't swear by other in Allah. So, everything positive and good that you can think about the Quran, that is Nasihah to the Quran. Believing in it, not doubting it. And one of the most famous people giving dawah today, and wallahi, this brother has some skills, and I do believe he can be an asset from the community for the ummah. And unfortunately when you go to these prestigious universities You start losing your mind And then you start saying things that are weird But when that brother came out and started saying Maybe the Quran was not preserved That is not nasiha to the book of Allah To introduce that idea in the minds of our shabab Is the opposite of nasiha to Allah and the book of Allah because our children don't know the religion and they liked your talks before that a lot. Now you're saying this. And they say, yes, the shaykh says. So the Qur'an, maybe it wasn't preserved. So nasiha to the book of Allah. أَيُّ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَا تُقَدِّمُوا وَرَسُولِهِ Don't put yourself before Allah and His Messenger. The Qur'an says something, don't you come and say something else or you can't take it, you don't want to take it and then he says, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nasiha to the Muslim leaders the imams of the Muslims, let say, nasiha to them and you know, you younger brothers, you're not dealing with what we had to deal with 10-15 years ago when we had to deal with a lot of people of takfir in this country they're not around like they used to be but we had a lot of young brothers because of the oppression that's going towards our Muslim brothers and sisters across the world They feel isolated. They don't like it. So our young people, they start getting upset. I saw a documentary yesterday about the sister Shamima Begin, the girl who went to Syria. She went to Syria with some other girls from um, Holland and this place. And now when they got there, they saw that ISIS was khawarij. It wasn't the real Islam. They were murderous. They were, you know, they were animals in their behavior. They saw that. Now they can't get out. So I watched that. I watched that. We used to have that problem. Young brothers in the audience, just sincere, trying to learn his religion, and he's getting better and better. Before you know it, he goes, he's find himself over there doing what? Alhamdulillah, we don't have that scourge that we used to have on that level. I'm in Leeds right now. Some of the people responsible for seven, seven came from Leeds. I've been in Leeds. No knowledge in Leeds. Leeds is not like Birmingham. But it's just sincere brothers who don't know what they're doing, they're here and they go out, and then they mess stuff up, mess stuff up. And nasiha, listen, to the leaders of the Muslims, don't be one of those people who you are, you are, you know, super focused on the hukam of al-Islam. They're this, they're that. Come on, man. You got too much stuff to be doing. You have too many things to accomplish in your life to be worrying about, worrying about what he's doing, this king, this prime minister. So having nasiha to the leaders of the Muslims, like it who like it, hate it who hate it, it means making dua for them. We make dua for the leaders. Because if Allah corrects and rectifies them, inshallah, he'll rectify and correct the bilad and the other ibad. So nasiha to them is that the Salaf used to make dua for them. Also, nasiha to the leaders of the Muslims means you don't talk against them in public, even if he's not your leader from your country. You don't talk out in, pers- in, in public against them, agitating the community against the leaders. You don't do that. Something that the Salaf of this ummah were against, and you can do that in two ways. You can make khuruj in trouble with your tongue or take that sword out and start. Neither, None of that. So We make dua for those people. We don't make takfir of those people. We listen to them and we obey them. And what they tell us to do, that's not haram. So a lot can be said about this. But this is one of the fundamental basic asul from the asul of our religion and what we're upon that the leaders of al-islam they having a manner, a big a and we having a amana as well their man, and they're going to be asked about it your manner you're going to be asked about it don't be of those people who waste a lot of time talking and dealing with these huqam. even just a lot of kalam about politics is a problem learn your religion inshallah learn your religion and you'll get the tawfiq from Allah so as it relates to that Don't let people get you all messed up with the hukam, the hukam. Lastly, he says, and is giving advice to the Muslims. Giving advice to the general Muslim folk, brothers. The Muslims want to know their religion. So you help them to learn their religion. You learn and you give them advice in a nice way, not rough, not tough, in a nice way. There was this um, issue... That some of these extremists Actually tajrih, Extremists You know one of the big du'at of the sunnah They used to say about advice Nusahihu wala We advise each other And we correct each other When you make a mistake I make a mistake You correct me And I correct you But we don't wreck each other Correct them Don't wreck them he made a mistake. So correct him. We advise and we don't destroy. I would like to tell you who said that. One of the sheikhs of our dawah. That they hated him. And listen to this. Listen to what he said. If a person is on the sunnah and he's a practicing Muslim. He may be dealing with the kuffar, he may be dealing with Muslims who have, you know, crazy ideas and he's giving dawah to them, educating them. If he makes a mistake, this Muslim who's on the sunnah and he's benefiting, the shaykh al-Ma'rabi said, the Muslim who's doing this, as other people on the sunnah, if he makes a mistake, we advise him and we don't destroy him, we don't make shaykh and in, in, in subba like we do. So the brother made a mistake, I heard his mistake, I come and I blast him, I blast this man, oh, he blasts me. Now when the sheikh said that, the Qur'an and the Sunnah supports that. Not only does the Qur'an and the Sunnah support it, but uh, our sheikh Rabir, Hafizahullahu ta'ala, he himself said that many times. But because this one is the enemy, they said that was a manufactured, made up principle. You advise, and you don't destroy. To that point, our dawah has come to the point where you don't even see you're supposed to be gentle and easy with people when you're giving advice. A Muslim makes a mistake. That Bedouin who urinated in the masjid, is that a mistake or not a mistake? It's a big mistake. The companions wanted to deal with that man. Prophet Muhammad said, No. Correct the situation. Go ahead and finish, Bedouin finish, let him finish. Now you guys come and clean it up. They wanted to beat them up. No, don't do that. Prophet Muhammad would say, Ma what's wrong with some people who said this and this? He didn't expose them. What's wrong with Amr, Bakr and Zaid? They did this, they did that, that you think Amr Bakr and Zayd want to listen to you after that? If you Throw him under the bus like that So this is the point I'm trying to make for you brothers Listen How in the world was such a basic easy principle A man makes it clear If one of us is giving dawah And he's a person of the sunnah He's a beneficial brother He's giving dawah to the community He has to deal with the kuffar who are after him You know like in this country sometimes Kuffar get in our way You got to deal with other Muslims from other groups He's having problems with them they say Wahhabi, whatever. So he has to deal with that. So by you correcting him and also making a sub and shut them, you're adding on to his efforts. You're helping those people against him. You pull him to the side. Come here, man. Come here. You said, you said something that you shouldn't have said. And the reason why I was wrong was this, 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 this. And then you let him correct it himself. As for, you tell a Shaykh on them, you write a PDF on them, you refute them, you put them off of it. This stuff of jarh with tajri is a joke. If this was the religion, Ikhwani, if this was the religion, I don't want this religion, if it's like that. Rough and tough and nasty and fighting each other. It's not our religion. I look in this audience, I see an audience of faces of people who are just trying to worship Allah. There's nobody in this audience trying to be a troublemaker, nor is anybody in this audience, inshallah, Trying for people to be rough and tough with them Hey, we want to be Muslims But we want to be Muslims in a nice way Don't put in our community This hatred that you people have We don't want to deal with that You people deal with that stuff So the way of rectifying these issues Is that we have to have an open door policy Of being willing and ready To give advice to one another So we're going to stop here Inshallah If you brothers have any questions about uh, today's two hadith and the issues and the dawah, you can put your questions forward. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.